0: Get more nervous in this room yeah. than anywhere else. It's on your
1: radio right now. Do you know how to pop that coochie for a There
2: you go. It's the world's most dangerous one to show. Got the cameras,
3: motherfucker. <laughs> God, <laughs> Greek, what
2: kind of show is this? <laughs> I'm sorry, listen to this show. This
0: is
4: the Breakfast Club. With DJ oh, Envy, the
0: captain of this
4: bitch. With Angela Yee, the only one who can keep these guys in check. With Charlemagne the God. I'm a
5: lovable boy. And this is The
4: Breakfast Club,
5: bitches.
0: Yo, 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 yo,
6: yo, 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 yo,
4: yo, 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good
0: morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet is Monday. Yes, it's Monday. Back to the work week. Thought of another work week. Yes. Uh, How y'all
6: feel? How y'all feel?
0: I am great. I just landed from Vegas not too long ago. You know, we were on the West Coast. Uh, first, we were at the NAACP Image Awards.
4: That's right. The Breakfast Club was nominated. And you didn't win, no. No, we did I, not I win. I knew we
6: wasn't going to win. Who do we lose to? How'd you know that? Because I knew we weren't. Because first of all, we didn't tell nobody to vote. That's number one. All right.
0: Why, why, you, why don't you tell me this before? You know, I was about to get on that flight and head to L.A. Why'd you say you eat? you mean I'm not going?
4: I think it was I nice. Did to, say that, I said that on the air. Was I was nice to we was lose Dark Kelly. First of all, was, we didn't, but um, it was nice to be nominated. I didn't to you. Uh. So that was an amazing thing. Maybe if we had and a, to actually be at the NAACP Image Awards, it was a powerful room. It felt great.
6: Maybe if we would have activated our listeners and you know said to them, "Hey, go vote," because we were you, you know it was a voting thing. I didn't know. Yeah, 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 yeah I didn't. Know. That was
4: my first time what going. Who
6: do we lose to? Unsung. Unsung, which yeah. one is unsung? I, on TV, when, yeah, where like they the, show. That's what I saw all the, one, remember with Lloyd. Lloyd. I'm not un- mad at the unsung. Yeah, I like the unsung. I yeah. like the unsung and the uncensored. They actually did an uncensored on me. I like uncensored.
4: But they actually honored Rihanna, so that was nice. She was there. Yeah, the Rihanna was
0: there. Riri was
6: there. Blackish
4: won a lot of awards and Shout pretty to Anthony much. Anthony Anderson, yeah. Anthony Anderson hosted. Mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx was there. He gave a funny speech. A lot of comedians. JB Smooth was there.
0: Michael B. Jordan.
4: Michael B. Jordan, yeah. Lizzo. So a lot of people were in the building. It was a great the Breakfast room. Club. We talk a lot about award shows and how we got to celebrate our own. And that was definitely a celebration of our own.
0: It was a great, it was a great award show. Um, I had a so good So shout time. out to
4: Revolt, by the way.
0: I had a good time. Shout out to Revolt family. It was a, it was a great show. A lot of people, a lot of black excellence in the building. Mm-hmm. Had a good time. And then I flew out to Vegas for, uh, right after the award show, flew that night uh, for my seminar out there in Vegas, which was uh, sold out. Had a great time speaking to everybody on the West Coast. So it was a a, a great, great weekend. How was your weekend, uh, cheerleader dad?
6: I am a cheer dad, a proud cheer dad. Dropping the clues bombs for all the cheer dads out there. Okay, I was in the beautiful big city of Wildwood, New Jersey. <laughs> all right, <laughs> staying <laughs> in a nice two-star hotel all weekend long—very humbling experience. Uh, but you know, when you come from the extremes I come from, a dirt road in Montsanto, South Carolina, a two-star hotel still feels like luxury. But you know, what made me feel really good about the two-star hotel? What's that? The fact that my daughter was not tripping. My no. daughter was like, she just happy to be with she's her happy friends. to be with her people. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was the hotel that the team was cheering at, and she was like, it's just a hotel, Dad. We're only gonna be here for two days, Dad. I'm like, you know what? You're right, baby. Thank you. You have changed. Thank you. you have <laughs> changed. No, I haven't changed. I just, you know, I'm I'm happy. Life is good. Mm-hmm. Okay, not all right, <laughs> but I haven't stayed in a two-star hotel in a long time and then (laughs) a long long time
4: (laughs) and I'm sure the other thing we all did was watch
6: the fight we definitely watched the fight fight. I watched watched it on my laptop Uh, I had to order the fight on my laptop because you know of course the two star hotel you can't order pay-per-view on the two star hotel so I ordered it on my laptop and you know went and got me a little uh, pint that fight
4: was so sad it wasn't I felt bad
6: a little pint a little pint of Remy from the liquor store drinking it out of plastic cups you know me me and see, the wife acting like it was old times? See, well,
0: <laughs> well, if if you have children, you know, if you if they play basketball, if it's AAU, or if you're a cheerleader, or if you play football when you do traveling, that's, the, that's usually the hotels that they stay at. The, the, but, the, you know, the kids usually like to stay with each other. How old's old your daughter? Eleven, yeah. Okay, eleven. So, they like to stay with each other. In the so, host
6: hotel, but the host hotel usually is trash.
0: Right. So, so be- <laughs> what me and my wife do is we drop our kids off, they all in the same mm-hmm. room, there's a chaperone, and mm-hmm. then we mm-hmm. usually go up the block to something a little more... Yes. The the
6: problem with being a cheer dad is that when they have these cheerleading competitions, they're usually in places that nobody wants to go to. Absolutely. Nobody wants to be at Wildwood, New Jersey in the middle of winter. Absolutely, yes. I definitely don't want to be in Disney World in May, but hey, that's where I shall be. Mm -hmm. Okay? It is what it is. The life of a cheer dad. But you're not complaining. Yes I am but I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I am but I'm not you know what I mean my daughter plays first uh and both our teams played the first this weekend so, so they going to continue
0: on they are going to keep Absolutely. going and keep going to small Absolutely. markets with no uh real hotels and, and, and I will bad food. and you going to be out and I'll be
6: there That's We're, right. building with the people shaking hands and you know talk, listening to everybody who says they listen to the
0: breakfast club and listen to the podcast and watch YouTube videos all of that good the stuff The hard part Thank about you. the harder part about that all is is the wait time cuz they might cheer 8 in the morning then they don't chair or play basketball again until like five. That is fine. And you just there, and, just there See, and you, you just you, there, and you
6: just there. You don't know how to be a chair dad. You got to go there with your headphones.
0: <sighs>
1: mm-hmm.
6: You know what I'm saying? And you have your iPod, mm-hmm. and you
0: have your laptop, and you catch up on your movies and your TV shows. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's what you do. All right. That's right. right. Well, let's get the show cracking. All right. We got some special yeah. guests joining us this morning. We do. Nia Long will be joining us.
6: Legendary. The
0: legendary Nia
6: Long.
4: Brooklyn's own.
0: Agent like wine and not milk out here in these streets. Mm-hmm. And also uh, Pete Davidson. Charlamagne had a one on one conversation with Pete Davidson. Yeah,
6: comedian. Well, Pete has a Netflix special dropping tomorrow called um, Alive in New York. He also has a movie coming out called Big Time Adolescence that comes out uh, next, next, I mean, in March okay. on, on Hulu. And we just had a one on one conversation about a, a lot
0: of different things. Okay. Yeah. A lot going on in his life. All right, well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about?
4: Well, first, let's talk about Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. And we'll tell you about that fight. We'll give you some of the updates of what happened after the fight. Really, really hard to watch, all right. I would we'll, say. There's we'll some blood licking going on.
0: All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hello.
4: Morning, everybody. It's Welcome DJ back.
0: MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. All right, let's get into some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee?
4: Well, let's start with the rest in peace to B. Smith. She has passed away at the age of 70. Mm. She had early onset Alzheimer's disease. Her husband, Dan Gaspi, announced her death. He said it was with great sadness that my daughter, Dana, and I announced the passing of my wife, Barbara, Elaine Smith. He said she did pass peacefully at 10.50 p.m. Saturday at their home in Long Island. After she had been battling Alzheimer's disease for several years, she's a model, she's a restaurateur, lifestyle guru. She was the first Black woman featured on the cover of Mademoiselle. She opened three of her B. Smith restaurants in New York City, Long Island, and also in D.C.
0: Rest in peace, B. Rest in peace.
4: All right, now let's discuss this fight that happened over the weekend. Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. A lot of people were thinking Deontay Wilder would knock Tyson Fury out at some point, but that did not happen. The fight didn't go well from the very beginning, and they actually had to call the fight in the seventh round. So word on the street is that maybe there will be another rematch because this was already part two. Trilogy, right? Yeah, so here's what uh, Deontay Wilder had to say after his loss.
5: Things like this happen, um, the best man won tonight, but I was already, my leg was already re-coming in due to other little things, but you know, I make no excuses tonight, I just wish that my corner would have let me win out on my shield, I'm a warrior, and that's what I do, you know what I'm saying, but um, he did what he did, It's no excuses, and we come back and be stronger.
6: Deontay Wilder is a warrior, dropping the clues, bonds with Deontay Wilder, also dropping the clues, bonds with Tyson Fury. That's it's heavyweight boxing. It is. And like, I think they
0: stopped it good. I think that his yeah, corner was, was right a, for stopping. A great
6: stoppage. It. And if I was Wilder, I wouldn't rush back to do a rematch. You know, they do, they do have a clause to where uh, the loser can say he wants a rematch within 30 days. And I think for the next fight, Tyson will get 60 percent of the 60 uh, percent. I think uh, uh, Wilder get 40. But I don't think he should rush back. I think he should fight another tune-up
0: fight mm-hmm. and then come back and fight Fury in about a year. So. You know, I was out in Vegas. and Everybody was saying, oh, no, that's boxing. He lost on purpose because, you know, the money's in the trilogy. I'm like, no. Did you see the fight? He lost. Like, nah. he lost, lost. Listen,
6: Fury, everybody knows Fury has always been a better boxer than Deontay Wilder. But Deontay Wilder's a slugger. So being that he got that right hand, you think he's never... Out of a fight, but I mean, you know, Fury just outboxed him, yep. outclassed him. It mm-hmm. seemed like he was more prepared than Wilder. Mm-hmm. I don't know what game plan Wilder and his training crew had because even in when he didn't make no adjustments when he went to the corner, but
4: it's just boxing, man. And there was one point where Tyson Fury appeared to lick blood. Off of yeah, he, did. that was just weird. he didn't appear
6: to. He did. He said that he was. was before before the fight, he said, I want to taste your blood. That was he said, I want to taste blood before the fight. By the been, way. If you've been watching the lead up to the fight, he said, I want to taste your blood. I a, was, when I was, was watching
4: that. that scene, people were like, he didn't really lick him. There's a lot of when things we that they, they say it, before they were...
0: the fight, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they say a lot of things. You think, I want
4: to kill someone in the ring. Yeah, I didn't think he
0: was going to really do it. You think Mike Tyson wouldn't eat
6: your children back in the day if given the chance? No. In the headspace he was in? To eat them? Yeah, you fry them and put a little seasoning on them. Now, one question I had
4: was, should they have stopped the fight right then? Yes. Now, Deontay Wilder's yes. co-trainer, Mark Breland, threw in the towel to stop the fight, but his co-trainer said he disagreed with the action, and they did say he was taken to the hospital to have a cut in his ear stitched up. That cut threw off his equilibrium.
0: Yeah, no, they stopped it right on time, I, I think. I, yeah, I don't think the cut threw off his equilibrium.
6: I think everybody was saying that he had a—they thought he had a ruptured eardrum, and they said that's probably what threw off his equilibrium. But, I just, I mean, if you know anything about Deontay Wilder, he's never cared about being on his bike, meaning, he, you know, the legs and the, the stamina, the cardio, that's not his thing. I think that's all caught, caught up with him.
0: But I would say. Well, his co
4: trainer said it did throw it off. So. Right
0: right before they they threw in the towel, he did throw a left. So it wasn't like he was totally off. When nah, he was, he was done. But even when, he, when he was getting tapped up in that corner, he still threw. He was still throwing. No, punches. he was not. He did throw a left. Yeah, I did, I all right, was, you guys, that is your throwing. front page news. Y'all yeah, did stop throwing for Look like it. two rounds. No, he threw a left right right, right no. when he got hit in the chin. Yes, he mm-hmm. did. Look at it. Look at the replay. All right. Well, that is front page news. Get it off your chest. 800 585 1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a horrible weekend or maybe had a great weekend. Call us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.
5: The Breakfast Club. Wake up. Wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello. Who's this? It's Tito. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. I mean, I'm a little upset with Envy because he ain't brought his, uh, his real estate seminar to have the Virginia where he went to have a university.
0: Well, Don't get quiet. We have one in Carolina. I think we're going to do one in Richmond this year, so that's only an hour drive from Hampton University, but we're going to try to make it. I might even try to do something for homecoming this year at HU, but we are trying to get over there, brother. My bad. All right. All right. But uh, we, we are doing one within the three-hour range of Hampton University, so you might just have to drive a little bit, brother. i uh, make that drive when, when you announce it. All right, yeah, because we're doing Chicago, we're doing Atlanta, we're doing North Carolina, Toronto coming up, and I think even D.C., Maryland, uh, Richmond area. So we we trying to get up up that way. All right, All right bro. Have a good one.
5: Hello, who's this? DJ NapTown was good. What's up, bro? Get it off your chest. Man, I just read that Lizzo is a is an NAACP Award winner. Yes. And I'm sitting back like how's all these good artists being passed over and we keep talking about her? Like, there's a lot of good artists out here. Lizzo's
0: a dope artist. What are you talking about? You don't yeah. think was a good artist? I
5: never said she was a dope artist, bro. I just said it's a lot of ones who mm-hmm. ain't getting the, the praise and the homage as her. Like, what is she doing that they ain't doing? She so just she- won
4: Entertainer of the Year Award. Uh, so this last year, she was the Entertainer of the Year. Somebody who, had to win.
6: Who you think should have won? Cardi, Drake i Cardi no, and Drake yeah. have won in WCP awards though. but they didn't put out why nothing last year. Keep, why Car-
5: can't keep winning it? I mean, I'm just saying we ain't gonna keep talking about her. That's all I'm saying. I'm not hating on her. You know, she it sounds a little bit like hate, brother.
6: But I mean, it, it would make what you were saying would make sense if Cardi and Drake had projects out last year. They didn't have projects out last year.
5: Hey, I.
4: And I, when you have an amazing I, album and you've been doing great, you do win all kinds of awards. I mean, it happens all the time.
5: I feel it I'm just saying this but Beyonce like won it. a
4: lot of awards too People might be like
5: Did, did you I, listen to Lizzo's album brother? I listened to it I checked it out bro What you think? It has some It has some tunes on it It ain't really my cup <laughs> name, I thought I'm you was
6: about to I can't hate on nobody That's
5: more successful than me That's
6: man. I mean that's what we do That's the era we live that's in Everybody hates on people That's more successful than them. Why would you hate on somebody That's not as
0: successful as you That's just stupid Get it off your <laughs> chest. 800 555 <laughs> 1051 If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. <laughs>
5: this is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Oh, what's up? What's up? This is I'm from New Orleans, man, down here at Mardi Gras, the DJ Envy. Hey, what's up, bro? Get it off your chest, man. Oh, what's up? What's up, man? I'm just trying to... Tell everybody down here, you know, at Mardi Gras to be safe, man. People are getting run over and killed, man. Two people got killed this, this week. Is Mardi Gras
4: already? Yeah. yeah i never man.
5: been to Mardi Gras. Yeah, somebody got pushed. They were trying to catch some throws, and they got pushed and ran over, got killed. Another man. lady got killed. She was trying to see her family. It was two tandem floats. She tried to cross it. Got, she got ran over and killed.
4: I saw they banned those floats now for the rest of the Mardi yeah, Gras season.
5: Yeah, they, yeah. There's yeah. two Somebody people. Fell off the float yesterday. Mm-hmm. Two, I think people that was throwing stuff on floats, they fell off floats. I'm like, man, I gotta be careful. So they banned the floats like, in Mardi, Mardi Gras? Gras? Yeah,
4: they just did. So they
5: banned, like, the tandem floats. Like, if they got two floats next to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, because it'd be one track tractor pulling, like, two floats. Got you. They can't do that no more. They need to make it to where, you know, you can't even get under the floats, though. Dang. Yeah, they said their body was like everywhere, everybody, community, body, like... Wow. Put up and everywhere
4: was nasty. Well, everybody out there, be safe. Be careful, man. Absolutely. Mardi Gras tomorrow. Hello, who's this?
0: This is Sherry. Hey, Sherry. Get it off your chest.
1: Okay, this is Sherry Brown. I called on April 24th <laughs> uh, with the something in the Water tickets last year, and yep. ever since I got on the radio with y'all, I've been going through a lot of um, beating downs and stuff. People have been hitting me in the face with cans and stuff, like, trying to, like... Like, like I went viral or something, trying to keep me from, like, doing my dreams and stuff. Like, when I told y'all I had, like, 26 talents one time, and I was telling y'all that I told, I love Jesus and God and everything, so everywhere I go, I don't care if I'm working, I don't care if I'm drinking, I don't care where I go, I always tell people about um God. As you Dang, should. Everything.
0: Absolutely.
6: Tell your testimony.
1: Okay. okay. And um, I'm going to say this. Congratulations to y'all for um, the nomination stuff, because I was voting on y'all. Because y'all have wanted to really show people all type of people be on that show. Mm. I mean, <sighs> good people, hood people, all type of people no matter where you come from. Who told it's you? All about respecting people. So what I wanted to tell okay. was, um, it's Black History Month, and I'm so tired of always blaming the white man, but the black people are, are, are actually uh, killing off each other. And Shut, not up. King, Shut up! Shut not up! Shut up!
6: Hush, God don't want you to talk like that, cause you ain't telling the truth. Let Sherry talk. Okay, Let's get it off her chest.
1: Well, well, um, I, I I follow Martin Luther King and I follow just about everybody. I'm very good at social studies.
6: Martin Luther King Jr. always blame the white man. Well, thank you so All much, right. Sherry. I you have a great life. morning.
1: I always say that I'm black, white, and Indian, Native American, twice Blackfoot and Cherokee. I know how to treat people. But
0: thank you, Sherry. You have a great morning. They
1: don't even. They don't even. They don't even give the people in their She's own She's not done. Town I see. Credit. But people in New York, they invite. They want to go to go see people in New York. They want to go all to Alabama, go all these places. But they don't even love the people where they at. And I'm from Virginia. Okay, Sherry. From Virginia's for lovers. And I made a shirt. I had made a shirt, but it ain't. Sherry. New York. Okay, Sherry, oh, Sherry, we gotta go. Thank you
0: so much, Sherry. Haters. Sherry, have a,
1: have a great week, Sherry. Sherry, bye bye. Rest Sherry. in peace,
0: Kobe Bryant.
1: Yeah, I love him. I love him, y'all. And okay, bye, Sherry. Thank you, Sherry. Yeah, I was trying to get to y'all to tell you. Sherry.
0: <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Sherry, Sherry, <laughs> Sherry. Get off your chest. 800 585 1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up at any time. Now, you, we got rumors on the way?
4: Yes, yeah, since we talked about Lizzo, let's flash back to Chance the Rapper being interviewed by Lizzo. He posted this clip. Also, we'll tell you what superstar gives his girlfriend $100,000 a month just to spend.
0: All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Wendy Williams. It's time,
5: time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club.
4: Well, looks like Wendy Williams has a new boyfriend, and that person is a celebrity jeweler, William Selby, aka a Will the Boss. He's a jeweler. Child the Will. Yeah. So he also shared a video from the Wendy Williams show. She said a mystery man gave her a diamond heart-shaped necklace for the holidays. And he posted that video. And, yeah, they've been posting pictures, hugged up together. Uh, Then Saturday morning, she posted a picture that showed the two of them cuddling at the studio with the rapper Black uh, Poppy. That's who they were in the studio for. I guess he manages that artist. And she also shared a picture of them at dinner. She said three meatballs plus good company equals danger. So Damn. I
6: wonder how much weed Kevin Hunter smokes nowadays. Like, life has to be stressful. Put the phone down, Kev, okay? Just because you stare at the picture, it's not going to make it go away.
4: All right, now the 51st NAACP Image Awards went down over the weekend. And, of course, we've been talking about that this morning. We were actually nominated. We did not win, Mm -mm. but it's our first time being nominated for NAACP Image Award. We were nominated for Outstanding News Information, Series or Special, and Unsung One for TV One. So, great show. Are we any of those things, though? special?
0: we not a special. We, we are a series.
4: It's a series or special.
0: Series or special? We are a series. I wish we didn't, or I didn't know. I wish we'd known the rules and people can actually vote so we could have told people to vote. Because I honestly didn't I mean, know. Everybody else was telling people to vote. Literally, literally everybody else that was nominated.
4: All right now Entertainer of the <laughs> Year know. was Lizzo for Outstanding Comedy Series and TV, Blackish won. Anthony Anderson won for outstanding actor in a comedy series. And Dion Cole won for Blackish also for Outstanding Supporting Actor. And Marseille Martin won for Outstanding Supporting Actress. She actually won a lot too, so she was on that stage a lot. Shout out to Lynn Whitfield. She won for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series. She was also staying at our hotel, so we ended up having drinks all night. Her and nice. her daughter Grace. Um and talk series was Red Table Talk. Angela Bassett, who was in the building, also won for Outstanding Actress in a Drama Series for 911. Mm-hmm. Tracy Ellis Ross won for Blackish for Outstanding Actress in a Comedy Series. A lot of great things happened. So that was the NAACP Image Awards. Rihanna actually ended up getting the big award uh, for the night, and she actually turned the focus back on her activism. Here's what she said.
1: We can only fix this world together. We can't let the desensitivity seep in. But if it's your problem, then it's not mine.
2: I mean, how many of us in this room have colleagues and partners and friends from other races, sexes, religions? Well then, you know, they wanna
1: break bread with you, right? Well then, this is their problem too.
2: So when we're marching and protesting and posting about the
1: Michael Brown Juniors and the Tatiana Jeffersons of the world,
4: tell your friends to pull up. Yeah, she got the President's Award. Mm-hmm. She got a standing a, ovation for that speech That was also. a good
6: speech. She should have been specific and said, uh, tell white people to pull up, though. Because black women always show up for white feminist movements, but when the was on the other foot, they don't really show up for the sisters like that. So she should, Especially you know, when it comes to Black Lives Matter and things of that nature. She should have been specific and said, tell your white friends to pull up.
4: All right, now Chance the Rapper. We talked about how Lizzo was Entertainer of the Year. Well, he posted a throwback from when she inter- when Lizzo interviewed him back in 2012. He posted, "Anybody recognize the woman interviewing me? Give you a hint. We're playing the same Houston festival in a couple weeks and had the same number of Grammys, guys. This video is so dope to see. It was 2012, a year before Acid Rap even dropped, and I was being interviewed for a small magazine in Minneapolis called Green Room right after a small show I was playing. I remember it like it was yesterday, and it was eight years ago wow i've watched Lizzo work her ass off to become the biggest act in the world and it was nothing but her and her day one best friends hard work and her own god-given talent that's dope so here is a snippet from that let's talk about your style okay. you um you have a very like eclectic choice in like your beats and you choose from uh like beirut got apollo yeah. brown yeah you have a waka flocka joint yeah. <laughs> you know like what that's dope all right. Now, Cristiano Ronaldo, he actually, according to reports, gives his girlfriend $100,000 a month to help her with her lavish lifestyle. So, you know, he's pretty rich. His net worth is around $460 million. And his
0: He gives her $100,000 just
6: to, to do whatever she wants?
4: Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's light for him, though.
4: Yeah, so his fiance, the, Georgina Rodriguez, is she has you know, an allowance. having guy, a great time.
6: The guy makes $45 million a year, bro. Like, he's a soccer player. Like, but an allowance? They just, he just do you? Yeah. Okay. The guy makes like $663,000 a week. <laughs> All right? Like his, his money's stupid.
4: All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor <laughs> hey, Report. Hey,
0: come on, man. This allowance just sounds crazy to me. That
6: I didn't sound say crazy.
4: allowance. I said he gives her $100,000 a month. Hey, okay. you go ahead.
0: That's an allowance
4: but I mean, You probably do the same thing To your woman
0: No
6: Yes you there do There's no allowance whether, I can't say hey baby This that, is your money Whether you give it to her Directly or indirectly Whether you're buying her stuff It's the same thing Oh, she has
4: a credit card And the credit card exactly. Has no limit it's, how, how much do you think
6: She spends uh, a month I don't know <laughs> I, I, bet you, I bet you if you looked it up, it's probably close. But I give my daughter an allowance. She, also, you know, they're she not married some, yet,
4: by the way. It's his fiance. I so. wouldn't marry
6: him neither. He's shoot. You he already give me hundred grand a month. I got to buy this cow for? You're a bird,
0: man. You are a bird. <laughs> All right. I, I will, don't know how much this is going to jump up a month before I marry you. My goodness. Now, we got front page news next.
4: Yes, we're going to be talking Bernie Sanders after the Nevada caucuses. They're saying he is the person that you have to beat.
0: All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee. Charlamagne the Guy, we are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front-page news. We'll start, you
4: Well, let's start with Marianne Williamson. She is now endorsing Bernie Sanders for president. As you know, she dropped out of the Democratic race January 10th, and she had endorsed him also in his first presidential run back in May of 2015. Now, for Bernie Sanders, on his behalf, he's doing pretty well right now. He's actually the one that everybody is saying is the man that you have to beat if you want to become that Democratic nominee. He won in Nevada. And next up is South Carolina, where right now he's
6: polling second to Biden. Yeah, I mean, the DNC just needs to go with the player with the hot hand. Bernie's been building this movement since 2016. Bernie seems like the candidate who can come closest to building that Obama coalition, inspiring people to vote who who don't usually vote. And he seems like the only candidate right now who can, you know, bring people together of all races, genders, and sexualities. Now,
4: Donald Trump tweeted out, looks like crazy Bernie is doing well in the great state of Nevada. Biden and the rest look weak, and no way many Mike can restart his campaign after the worst debate po- performance in the history of presidential debates. Congratulations, Bernie, and don't let them take it away from you. Republicans are excited about possibly Trump running against Sanders uh, because socialism, and Trump's campaign went after socialism and all of that, so they feel like that is actually a great way for Donald Trump to win.
6: Well, that's one of the things Bernie needs to do. He needs to tweak his message a little, even though he won't because he's been saying the same thing for years. But instead of calling it socialism, call it compassionate capitalism. And I need Bernie to have a black agenda and I need him to announce a black woman as his VP, preferably Nina Turner. I think a lot of those things will help him going into Super Tuesday.
4: All right, now Pete Buttigieg was in Denver on Saturday night, and there was an emotional moment that happened with a a young supporter who came to the stage, had a question, and here's how it went.
6: I don't think you need a lot of
2: advice from me on bravery. You seem pretty strong. It took me a long time to figure out how to tell even my best friend that I was gay.
5: And to see you willing to come to terms with who you are In a room full
2: of a thousand people, thousands of people you've never met. That's, that's really something. So let me tell you, let me tell you a couple things that might be useful. The the first thing is that it won't always be easy, but that's okay because you know who you are
4: young Zachary Rowe who is nine years old the question was would you help me tell the world I'm gay too I want to be brave like you I was about to
6: say y'all confused me because I was like what was the question Mm. it was
4: a fishbowl question so he didn't actually ask the question he Mm. came to the stage someone else pulled it out of the fishbowl Mm -hmm. and asked that question and he's only nine so you can see the video of him standing there while Pete Buttigieg answers his question Mm Mm-hmm. All right. And again, oh, did you know Adrian Broner got arrested at the Deontay Wilder-Tyson Fury fight at the weigh-in?
0: Yeah, he's banned from the building, right?
4: Yeah, they said they warned him and he refused to leave the MGM Grand on Friday. And twice they said he was told he was not allowed to visit that property at the MGM. And regardless, he still showed up to the weigh-in.
0: Why is he banned from the building? Does anybody know?
4: They do not. We do not know.
0: Because he's not going to fight there ever again?
4: Uh, if he's banned from the building, he can't.
0: Mm. <laughs> is Adrian Brona getting another fight? I'm sure. Mm. If he Why gets... are you so sure? I mean, he's still a name that people would love to go see, I think. Win or lose, they would love to see him box. You don't think so? No, not at this point. No.
4: All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your front page news. You wouldn't want to watch another Adrian Brona fight? He would have to really no. work hard and get it together and not focus. Not at this point. Mm-hmm. Kind of mm-hmm. don't want to see him come back and see if he all can of win. That.
6: No? Do you, you, you know when the last time Adrian Broner won to a fight? That's my point. While.
0: That, that's my point. But you still, people still mm. watch his last fight, right?
6: Nah. Fo- people know
4: his name. I'll say that. Yeah. Know people know his name. People
6: know his name and they know his antics outside of the ring. The focus in the ring. That's been long, 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 long. Mm.
4: But if they show like him getting ready and training really hard and looking like he can do something. I
6: think people are watching he him. Was, he got to build it back up again. Yeah. I, think- I, I saw him this weekend at a press conference and they asked him what are his interests outside of boxing and he said pornography. Nothing about him looks like he's ready to get back in that ring in no way, shape, or form. And I like A.B., but nah, the focus just isn't there. Jeez. All clear. right.
0: All right. Well, that is front-page news. Now, when we come back, Nia Long will be joining us. We'll kick it with Nia Long when we come back, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning.
5: The Breakfast
0: Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. You have a special guest in the buu- in the building. The Forever are you legendary. Dead? Are you okay, MV? I was gonna say <laughs> the beautiful. She had that effect <laughs> on me. She <there>. does. <laughs> yes.
4: We have Nia Long here. Good, Good morning. morning. Welcome. Nia Long. How? I saw you got your own day in New York from the mayor, also. Oh my. You guys, I cried about that for like a week. Yay, congratulations. Was really, that was like the
2: biggest honor. And I was so blown away, honestly, because you don't expect. Like
4: I have my own day. August 27th.
2: Yeah. Do you feel the
6: pressure to have to do something on that day now? Like in New York, like an event? I have uh, to
2: come here every year on that day and talk to you. That's what I
4: got. <laughs> that's the work. That's, that's what <laughs> I, that I, that work. right. That yeah. works Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, we can do that. It's coming up. I, I know it is. How are you, though?
2: I'm okay. My, okay. Uh, I lost my father Condolences. recently. Thank I you. He was a great man, and it's uh, it's it's amazing. I learned more about him by being in Trenton, in Trent, New Jersey, for a week, just putting the whole thing together, than I ever knew. Mm. And he was such an icon in the community, and did so much for so many of those kids mm-hmm. living down there. So I was I was really proud of him. It he was, was a poet, of, right? He's a poet. Yeah. yeah, he's a poet. A writer. photographer, like a real just a renaissance man. Loved jazz music and good food and he was really like Lorenz Tate and Love Jones but older. But I I felt the school, Trenton High School, did a beautiful tribute to my father. I could not stop crying. I was just like, this is amazing because sometimes what a person can't do for their own children they do for the world and I'm okay with that if that meant that I had to share him.
6: Oh I think that's because uh parents they learn more as they as they grow so when they was raising us
1: they, they were, were just 22 doing the best years could. old. Yeah, I yeah. was thinking
2: about that. I was thinking, I said, Mommy, I looked at my mother during the service. I said, Mommy, you were 22 years old when you had me. Right now, today, anything, I forgive you for everything. Because I couldn't have done it at 22. Right. 22, I was in the club.
6: That's been a heavy conversation with my therapist the past couple of weeks. What's that? That whole conversation about forgiving your, your, your parents. Well, my father in particular, because they yeah, only too. could do the best that they could. Because they didn't know any better when they were younger
2: you have yeah. to really do it for yourself. It's if you do, if you commit that healing to with yourself, it will honestly change the way you experience your own life. Mm. Because I think for a lot of years I was I was disappointed and angry and I wanted, you know, my dad to like read me a bedtime story and be there and do all of the things that a daddy is supposed to do and I think my father had a very old school way of approaching life because black people are raised to survive. That's right. And my mother and my grandmother coming from the islands, they had a different philosophy. So had my parents stayed together, I may have still been an actress, but I don't think it would have happened as quickly as it did in my life. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I would have been a part of the era that really helped to define black cinema. Mm. When I look at my life, and I'm going to be fifty this the
1: year, fuck out of here. that's I'm
2: great. Be fifty, you guys! <laughs> I get to do whatever the God. I want to do. like, I can't wait.
6: We gotta, uh, we gotta upgrade the term black don't crack. It's got to be something else. <laughs> fifty! Wow. wow. I can't
2: believe it. But I, my point is, is when you get to this age, it's a mm. beautiful time mm. in my life because mm. I can actually put everything into perspective, and now it all makes sense. Right. And I feel more free and alive than I have in the last 10 years because Mm. I have understanding and I've forgiven myself for not forgiving people sooner in my own life or forgiving my father for things that he was unable to do and um, it's a good thing to do. Don't we have the
6: luxury of healing, No, this generation? Like, this generation Absolutely. has the luxury of healing.
2: The fact that you just said, I've taught, spoken to my therapist about certain things. Black people were not saying that 15, 20 years ago. We all. were mm-hmm. like, we didn't, cause, because there was this, you know, the idea was if you go to therapy, there's something really wrong with you. That but you're reality, crazy. That you're crazy. And mm-hmm. the reality is, is we have so much information coming at us. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to sit down and organize your life and your thoughts that's right and if
4: you don't do that you will be in a constant state of anx- you'll have anxiety. anxiety yeah yeah well you have a lot of amazing things happening <gasps> i do first of all and before we get into the banker you are producing now too i did i just produced my first film congratulations thank you on that so when do we get to see that
2: um it's called fatal affair It's on Netflix, and it's with Omar Epps. I think it's coming out in July.
6: That's two pillars of 90s black cinema. (laughs) You and Omar.
2: Right. Yeah. And that's why I cast him. You
0: know what I meant to ask? Hmm. I want to go back to your dad. I just had a question. You know what? You have two children. Yes. Do you do anything different than what your dad did with you? Because my dad was a police officer. He was very protective. Mm -hmm. With my kids, I try not to be as protective because I hated it right is there anything that you do and say you know what i make sure i do this because i don't want a parent like them i kind of didn't like that is there anything
2: i have to be honest with you my mother was the probably thank god i was born like a decent human (laughs) being because my mom was very Mm hands-off um but she was very free and it was the two of us and remember she was 22 so we were like best friends my parents divorced when i was super young um Again, my my father's idea of success for me was go mm-hmm. to college, mm-hmm. get your degree. If you want to be an actress, go get a job as a waitress and then see how that works out for you. All
1: right.
2: And I was like I'm not doing it that way. I don't need to go to college to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I went, I did a little bit and then it, and then I started working because again, that was during the time where there was, you know, a handful of brown girls really working and I got lucky and blessed and it happened for me. So, the way I raise my boys, I'm super honest, probably too honest. Mm-hmm. My son, my older son, my 19-year-old and I talk about everything. I mean, the nitty gritty down. He's the in dirt. The dating now and all that. Oh my God. I was like, I don't want to hear. Stop. <laughs>
4: That's enough. <laughs> yeah, and he was a late bloomer, so he didn't have he to He was a late bloomer. <laughs> and then my little he guy. He said
0: was, so that, that now he's out here dating. Now him. he's bloomed. <laughs> now
2: he's bloomed. <laughs> he <laughs> I mean, is a I'm... full flower. <laughs> or
0: maybe he just feel comfortable telling mom
6: everything
2: now. I know a lot. I know more than I want to know. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But but here's what I'm the mo- I'm most proud of. Mm-hmm. He's a good dude. Right. You know, where we are now is it's interesting because we're in a bit of a, a tug of war because he wants to be his own man
1: mm-hmm.
2: and he's in college and he's on his way and he plays baseball and he's handsome and smart and all of the things. But I'm like, dude, you're not paying any bills yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a fine line between mom, you don't know what you're talking about and we're going to do it this way. Absolutely. So I try to give and take because Mm -hmm. I want him to make those mistakes so that he can learn who he is. Right.
0: Right. All right, we got more with Nia Long. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Nia Long. Yee.
4: You do have this movie, The Banker. Yes. Yes. to come out. Yes. And so this is based on a true story. Mm -hmm. Right? Bernard Garrett. Mm -hmm. He's a businessman, but this is in the 60s and back then From
2: the 40s to the 60s so basically the mm-hmm. whole civil rights era mm-hmm.
4: right so at first he was trying to do real estate but yep. that's hard when you're a black person back then especially trying to buy into the real estate market
0: it's hard as a black person now
4: it's hard yeah but it is. imagine what it was but like there back were red, then and i
0: couldn't even imagine yeah. Yeah. and
4: redlining so mm-hmm. we were basically cast
2: out of the process period mm-hmm. and not allowed to get loans and so these two men came into the game and really changed helped to change the laws so that black people could get loans Mm -hmm. and that we could buy property and we could start investing into our own communities. Mm -hmm. And they had to actually get a white person to be the front of their business. Mm -hmm. Yes they did. Played by Nicholas Holt and they used him as the front man to trick the banks into selling the banks to them and eventually it it implodes but it's a fun ride and it's a great history lesson and i think we need to start having the conversations about rich versus wealth i think you need mm-hmm. to have a rich spirit but you should strive to be wealthy because wealth is generational absolutely we have to recondition the way that we're thinking about our place in the world because at the end of the day we are i believe the heart and soul of culture.
6: A hundred percent. We control the cool.
2: All of it. Yeah. So if we're controlling that, why are we not controlling the money? Because we're creating the avenue to make the money. Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty of it too. I'll go buy a Chanel bag
4: instead of, mm-hmm. you know, but then I'm like, but I need both. Right. <laughs> there's got to be <laughs> balance. Yes. As long as you know, you can invest in the things you need to invest in and you can treat yourself. I think there's nothing wrong with, right, you I a have- care of all this and I had this leftover and a lot, and I'm good. I can buy myself a bag. Right. Mm-hmm. But I also I, I tell we myself never, that all the time.
0: We were never taught. <laughs> I'm glad that you. <laughs> we were never taught. And I think this generation, our kids, <laughs> yes. I think it'll change.
6: Yeah, because we're getting new tools, new resources, everything. Everything we're talking about from therapy to real estate, all of that stuff is new tools, new resources we're passing on.
2: And there's also a wider lane to find success. How draining was The Banker, though?
6: Because when you do a movie like that, you realize things aren't really different in 2020.
2: I will tell you that it was not an easy shoot, mostly because we didn't have a lot of money to make the movie to begin with. It rained when it wasn't supposed to, and when it was supposed to, it didn't. (laughs) Um, You know, here's the thing. When you're making a film about history, and there are very few films out there where we get to see black people in a heroic position changing history, you want to get it right, right? And so, obviously... I'm depending on my director, George Nolfi, who was fantastic and and gave us so much room to be whatever we thought we needed to be in the role. And Samuel Jackson, who mm-hmm. I freaking love him. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and Anthony Mackie. I play Anthony Mackie's wife. We had a good time, but there was just an underlying feeling of intensity because we knew that we had a social responsibility to educate and take people on a journey.
1: hmm
4: being and this was supposed to be it. the first movie on Apple, Apple TV Plus also, right? The first. It, it, well, it was. Mm-hmm. And then we had a little bit of a hiccup. Right. Um,
2: I mean, listen, that has nothing to do with the movie. And I'm glad that we got a new release date. And we, I, I'm very sensitive to women and what women go through. And I don't think any woman should be violated. But I'm just glad that Apple has sort of regrouped and given us a platform to release the film because I think it's an important film.
6: That was a weird reason not to put the movie out. Though. It's not like anybody that was in the movie did something. You know
2: what I mean? I know. Yeah. It, I agree with you.
6: It's almost like they don't want that story to be told. Like, let's not put this out. You might inspire black people. That's to, what it felt like. You
4: know what <laughs> I mean? Well, maybe well, the women had a reason to feel a way when they see somebody glorified that was not glorifying to them for what they allegedly went through. Because it was Well, here's the girl. thing.
2: Bernard Garrett had two wives. He had the wife that I play, mm-hmm. Eunice. His and he, first wife. His first wife. And he had a white wife. So I think the story that we told was about his experience with Eunice. Mm-hmm. And the woman who came forward was from a second marriage. So I don't know anything about it but I do I, I mean I think Apple had to go through the process of is like what else is there something that we don't know that's going to come in and
1: Absolutely. shut us down mm-hmm. right
2: but I also think there is you know you, you don't need to be too careful mm-hmm. be careful and respectful but don't be too careful and kill the project that we so need to see. Yeah. So very
6: Birth of a Nationist. What is that? Birth of a Nationist. They kind of did the same thing with Birth of a nation. Important <sighs> story that could have inspired a lot of black people. I don't know. I just felt that way.
2: Yeah, I think also, too, we are... Sadly, we don't get to see a lot of films or we are the hero. Yes. And so when you have that one project and it gets like a start-stop, you automatically
4: go to, wait, is this personal?
2: Mm. Or is this justified?
4: Watching The Banker, one of the hardest things must be for the character of Bernard Garrett to actually have to still be so respectful when people were being so disrespectful so to him. Disrespectful. Imagine having to bite your tongue when people are being blatantly racist and doing illegal things to you just because of the color of your skin. Yeah. And he still had to be like, yes, sir, I'm sorry, sir. No, And ma'am.
2: look down. Mm-hmm. It was funny. There's one scene in the movie where I have this conversation with Nicholas Holt. And in the film, I'm basically saying to the Nicholas Holt character, I'm like, you don't understand all of this because you're not black. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be fiery. Not in the in the same way that you would in Say Tay Diggs when you slap yeah, him. Yeah, no, not that not that version. <laughs> and the director kept saying, No, she she wasn't that kind of woman. She was more reserved she was a lot more selective with her words and it's to your point she did her pushing in silent it was their pillow talk you know so with her husband at home she would be aggressive and pushy and honey no we can do this but in front of others and especially a white man she would choose her words carefully mm. and that was hard for me to play <laughs> because it was almost very passive aggressive that's kind of how people operated. Like, mm-hmm. no one was that direct.
4: Because you don't know what could happen you to you. You don't know you what also. could happen.
0: But so I you see, see that now, too. I, I hate see it now, too. I
6: hate Negroes like that. Yeah. passive-aggressive. Yeah, don't, be all, don't be all amped up around your own people, but then when you get in front of those white people, you're all docile. But like,
4: you have to understand, like, there's one scene where like the police come. But, to, but that was... D- d- yeah, I hear what you're saying. a different period in time where you could get killed or something. Take Like, it was one period where the police officers come. He owns the property... And they're like, uh, this woman called and said, you are acting as if you're owning, the owning owner of the this property. Yeah, and, this property and he has to pull out the paperwork and show it. But that could have went totally left if he said what he wanted to say. I right. get it,
6: but we still act like that now is the yes. problem. It's like we still have that trauma. So I don't. We whisper <laughs> we whisper around white <laughs> people. I really and don't. I, I don't either. I actually, Neither. I look forward it. I mean, to it. I get in I'm intentional trouble for about it. it. I <laughs> get like,
2: she's difficult. She's a pain in the... Yeah, I'm a pain in the... Now now what? I'm
6: intentional about
2: it. I mean, I like white people. I don't have a problem with them.
6: But we got to still be us at all times.
2: But I will always be my authentic self in the moment. And I will always speak up for what I believe in. And I will always give my opinion if I think it's necessary. And I don't, I will say no.
6: And especially in this business, what you said is important. Sometimes you have to remind them you don't know what the hell you're talking about because you're not black. Period.
0: That's it. All right, we got more with Nia Long. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Nia Long, actress Yee.
4: So, Nia, how was your experience producing for the first time? Yeah, that- I,
0: like, I like when you said, yeah, I casted Omar X. Uh, I like, I like oh, that. I
4: didn't, I didn't like, mean it mean like that. Did I say it like life that? That's flex. It sounds like life flex. Because, you know, I've seen you talking about how you see all these white men getting rich off of movies that you're yeah. in, and now look at you producing. Is that the inspiration for that? And what was it like being on the other side?
2: It was difficult at times because... I was very specific and deliberate about certain things, and and to your point, the crew was white, the director was white, the producer was white, and they were lovely because they allowed me to correct things that needed to be corrected. Mm. But it's still frustrating that you have to over-explain yourself. I kept feeling like I needed to apologize for wanting to change something. Mm-hmm.
4: But why am I apologizing? Right. You're trying to make this the best movie you possibly can make it. It right. benefits everybody. And
2: that's also being a woman in a position of power where there's all men around you. I was literally like, there were literally like three women on that set.
4: Sheesh.
2: And I never backed down. I was like, nope, you need to change that. Nope, don't like that angle. Nope, move the camera. Nope.
6: nope. You see that a lot. Like if you know if that's a guy, then they'll say that guy's being a boss. But if it's a woman, they'll be like, oh, she n- along has a history of diva behavior.
1: <laughs> yeah, for yeah.
2: sure. Because when I started in this business, you weren't supposed to say anything except thank you. Mm. And I was like, thank you, but I wasn't even aware. I was just being myself. I I just don't think that you need to behave in any situation. I think you need to grow and learn.
6: Mm. Do you feel your evolution as a woman is shown through your characters?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Not in not in Roxanne, Roxanne. I don't know that lady. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, she's not a
2: part of me. Yeah. I do know that lady, mm-hmm. but but I had to know that woman and have some experience. Look, we live right down the street from the projects when I lived in Brooklyn mm-hmm. to understand how to play her, right? I mean, I'd like to do more. I'd like to have more diversity in my portfolio.
6: Have you played you haven't played Your Dream Role yet, right?
2: I don't think so. I think it's also like the body of work is is what makes me proud. Right. Such it's, an
4: impact to this day and age. Thank you. And I'm still doing it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But after every job, I'm like, okay, was that the last one? What's happening
1: next? Mm-hmm.
2: And it never is.
4: <laughs> you so still like, got a lot in the pipeline. Yeah, do you, I do. What do
0: you tell a young actress right now that's that's watching this and wishing to be you one day or like you one day?
2: Authenticity. Don't change based on what you see change based on what you know you need to do to better yourself. Because I think a lot of times young artists come and they steal a little bit of this and they steal a little bit of that. But if you really start from your authentic self, all the embellishments will come through your experiences. And that's what creates and grows the artist. When we did Love Jones, everyone's like, oh my God, this is like the modern day mahogany. And I was like, Okay, but that isn't that what art is? You you take from the past and you recreate it, and you are to be inspired by the thing that came before you, and the thing that's in front of you.
6: What do you think was different about Black Cinema in the '90s, though? That's lacking now because it, I, I, Black films don't have that feeling. I'm sorry, I it know, just they, it is, they just don't. There's no Boys in the Hood. There's no Love joneses It don't have that same energy.
2: I know. I don't know. And I and I have a hard time watching things because I'm like, but wait a minute, why did they do that? Or the Mm -hmm. lighting or the... the." Mm -hmm. I think one of the things is we were using real film. Now everything is digital. digital. Mm. So the quality is different. Mm. And with film, you had to light it. Not this one big light that lights everything and then they go in the computer and adjust it. So I if I look on the monitor, I'm like, you need to fix that right now. No, 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 we're going we'll to fix it in it post. In post. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to fix it right now because I'm not going to be in post and I want to see what I look like. And it's not because I'm vain. It's because if I don't have light in my eyes, I can't perform. Explain
6: it. I don't, I mean, I'm not an actor.
2: Well, because some people speak with their eyes, right? Some people have bigger eyes so they don't need the light in their eyes. But I have very almond shaped eyes. So if you don't light my eyes, you don't See the, what I'm doing. The emotion of... Yeah, like, I don't... I think I think your eyes tell a story.
6: Yeah. As long as the go-to game. I've seen some visually stunning films that still were whack, though.
2: Like? I don't want to say. <laughs> Come on, you always want to say.
6: <laughs> I didn't like... I guess we can say this now. I didn't like uh, Queen of Slim.
2: I didn't personally. see it. I, I I should be ashamed of myself, but... I was actually really dealing with my dad during that time and I was like I can't even I want to see it um, I think people had mixed reviews mm-hmm.
6: visually stunning I just did I just didn't like the story so I understand what you're saying about lighting and stuff but it's the story boys in the hood was a great story right. love Jones was a great story minister society was a great story these the stories just be whack
2: look here's the thing to create art you don't need to be slick don't don't be slick. Yeah. Just be, just tell the damn yes. story. You don't need to go, ooh, what if we do this? Yes. No, because there's only, what do they say, four stories to be told That's over right. and over Shakespeare,
4: again? Shakespeare. Yeah. Comedy, tragedy.
2: Yeah, it's I mean, you know, it's it's not Roman. that. It doesn't have to be that difficult. Yeah. Because here's what I think we struggle with. We struggle with wanting black people in film to look professional, to have jobs, to be educated, mm-hmm. but then You still wanna tell the hood tale. Hood stories can have that Shakespearean feel. You can't tell me Boys in the Hood wasn't a tragedy. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you but so but so you have to have well-developed, dynamic characters. If you don't start from that, then the story's not gonna be great. Mm. And I think, I don't know, I don't know. Like I think, you know, when you have a person like John Singleton, rest his soul, when when he died, that broke my heart. Right. Mm. He discovered me. He created a lane for people to even care about my name. And so losing him and then losing my father, and I was like, God, like, and they were kind of like the same kind of dude, you know? I don't know that they make them like that anymore. I don't know that they make men that are so aware of the black struggle, so savvy to make change, and then make
6: art. I think it's one person right now that's making that black activism through art at that level. Who's that? Ava, Ava DuVernay. DuVernay.
2: Yeah, she I is. think
6: Ava's, Ava's the one.
2: No, no, I agree with you. I think she's a beautiful filmmaker and I also think it's nice to see a woman's perspective mm-hmm. because there's a softness about all of her films that I appreciate
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and I think we're in a in a place right now where women just have this lane to be fantastic and to be heard and to to do it our way and not have to conform or make ourselves small. And it's because of her. I, I worry about this generation because I don't think they pay, give any respect to the people who have paved the way for them. Um, and when I say this generation, I'm talking like 20-year-olds. They, they just don't have any concept. Maybe they're just young. Mm. I don't know. It's also
4: a lot easier how they can get into the you can well, just right. All you got to do is have like your, some yeah. good
2: lashes and good contour and you <laughs> can be a star now. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you? And
0: some followers, Mr. Instagram followers. You they need they're, followers. you're a star. So you got to produce more. That's the moral of the conversation. <laughs> right.
2: We <You have> said <laughs> all of that
1: to say.
0: You have
6: to <laughs> produce more, Ms. Long. Yeah.
4: And
2: I will. I Ms. Will.
4: Will. Long
0: has to go, guys. All
2: right. All right. I
4: will. Thank you. That was a beautiful interview. We appreciate good you thank for March joining six. us. That's right. The Banker's March 6th in theaters. Yes. And then on Apple TV Plus, is it after it's in theaters? It's after, and I'm going to look up the date for you right now. Okay. Um, the 20th. Okay. You see, they
2: changed the date on us so many times like we got to make sure, make sure we know. giving <laughs> the right date. The 20th on Apple TV Plus. All right, All right.
0: perfect. Well, it's The Breakfast Club, it's Miss Neil Long. Listen up. It's
5: just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee.
4: It's The rumor report.
5: The Breakfast Club.
4: Well, Wale was on Joe Button's pull-up, and one thing that they had a back-and-forth about was famous people. Here's what Joe Button had to say and how Wale responded.
5: Jesus, I hate famous people. Why do you hate famous people? Y'all live in, like, this other dimension. Why you keep saying y'all? Because you're
6: famous. Ain't you on the TV show? Yes. (laughs) are not you got a podcast that's, like, one of the biggest podcasts in
5: the world? Yes. Aren't you um, interviewing one of the best rappers of all time right now? Yes. So what does that make you popular famous next question
6: <laughs> Joe Joe really got to knock off the anti-industry gimmick like he wears mint Like how can you
4: say you hate all famous people Joe just...
6: Joe you wear mint coats fedoras and you're on Love and hip hop All right your industry is hell stop it, <laughs> <laughs> knock it off. He's famous too <laughs> <man>.
0: come on <laughs> put it out there stop it
4: Now Wale after they posted this on the shade room said I said what I said as I said before I work hard we allowed to be great and believe in our greatness happy black history month you know, if you work hard and you end up being famous, should that be make you somebody that's hated? No. Okay. Yes. All right. Now, Justin no. Bieber performed at Kanye's Sunday service, and here's what he had to say about dreaming doing about doing that.
3: They asked me if I would if I would come up and sing something, and I was like, you know, I don't I don't really know. I got kind of anxious, and so I have this thing on my phone. It says, why am I anxious? But it's uh it's intake imbalance indecision
0: integrity, intention, imagination, and
3: isolation. You look at these things, and I'm like, what is my intake right now? My balance right now. I look at my wife next to me, who I love so much.
0: Indecision. Am I going to do this? Am I not going to do this? I'm going to do this because tomorrow's
4: not promised. All right. Well, what did he perform? He did uh, Marvin Sapp, Never Would Have Made It.
1: I would have lost it all.
3: But now I see that you were
6: there for me, and
1: I can't say I never would have made it. I
6: never would have made it without you. Man, Never Would Have Made It is the ultimate trying to heal song. When you go through that dark space in your life and you come out on the other side, but you're still healing, Woo, that never would have made it always hits it's different.
4: Now, in addition to that, they were also doing Sunday service with uh, praising over music by Roddy Rich and Nas. Here's some Roddy Rich. <laughs>
6: I now, what now, yeah, What are they saying now? Because I know they changed the words that Sunday service all to song's the song that's secular.
4: That's from Kim Kardashian's phone, so that
0: gotta was the best God video. Got to thank God for the drop. That's all I heard. <laughs> got to th- thank God for the drop. That's that's the only part I heard. Thank God for the drop? Like drop top. <laughs> I don't know. That's <laughs> are you I, sure
4: I, that's what they said? That's what I think
0: I heard. Is the drop a manna from the sky? What is the drop? <laughs> I don't know. I got to thank God for the drop.
6: <laughs> <laughs> See, when, you have to go I, back and study that. I got to hear the words. I can't, you know, because I know that they changed the words to make the songs less secular.
4: All right now Jada Pickett Smith she posted a preview of Red Table Talk and she by the way did win an NAACP Image Award. Mm-hmm. A couple of them. And Snoop Dogg is gonna be on this Wednesday and part of what they're talking about is the Gail King situation. When you first came out
1: and you said what you said, you know, in regards to Gail. Yes. My heart dropped. I felt like not only were you talking to Gail, but you were talking to me. Yeah. I was like, oh no, Snoop has now taken his power flow away from me, away from Willow, oh. away from my mother. Mm-mm. If this is what's happening, I was like, not Snoop. Right. And so that's one of the reasons why I felt like I really wanted to have the conversation with you in the, in the spirit of healing.
6: Red Table Talk is really the new principal's office. You get in trouble, you are getting called to Red Table Talk, <laughs> goddammit.
4: Well, right? that will be on <laughs> right? Wednesday, so right? we will see what this healing conversation... Red Table
6: Talk, like when your mother tells you wait till your father gets home. Red Table Talk is the father's.
4: You hear me? will be like. But I guess the moral of the story is, stop calling our black women bitches.
6: It's like when you grew up Jehovah's Witness... Like me and the elders will call you in the back to talk to you before they decide to disfellowship you, that's what red table talk is. I would like to ask Jada, though, I hope, you know, and I hope this came up, like, why is she taking it personal now? Like, Snoop has been calling women bitches and hoes for decades. Why this time did you take it personal in this moment? I'd like to know the answer to that.
4: And maybe she felt like this was directly directed towards one person, you know, and, and somebody who was an elder. That's all the more older. reason not to
0: take it personal. And has Gail ever said anything else about what she's asked? At all? Have we ever heard from her since well, then? Well, we know oh, no. she
4: accepted Snoop's apology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's spoken on it a couple of different times. Did she times. apologize
0: or she doesn't, she doesn't feel like she needs to apologize? I'm just curious.
6: No, she did. I think she said something yeah, she like did I apologized immediately. To the, the
0: family. No, I'm Where talking about she? when she
6: apologized to Snoop, I think she said she apologized to the family or something like that, if I'm not mistaken.
4: Right. I think she also said as a journalist sometimes what she has to do is difficult. So yeah, That is true. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report.
0: All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Charlemagne. Yes. so you give me that donkey, too? You
6: know, I need all these flat earth fools to come to the congregation because y'all got some blood on your hands this morning. And we're going to talk about it.
0: All oh, right. My goodness. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning.
1: Charlemagne
5: Charlamagne the devil? Possibly. The Breakfast Club.
6: Yeah, it's dark here today for Monday, February 24th, goes to all you flat-earth fools. Okay, anybody in here believe that the earth is flat? Anybody? No. Good, good. Uh, All you flat-earth fools have blood on your hands today because of what happened to a daredevil by the name of Mad Mike Hughes. Now, sadly, Mad Mike Hughes is a flat-earther. All right. The only reason flat earthers exist, because now it's like some exclusive club to be in. All right. To be a flat earth fool makes you different. Okay, for the record, uh, I usually refer to them as flat earth niggas, but I'm really trying to fall back on using the N word. And I want to be able to call flat earthers something that everyone can use. So flat earth fool it is. All right. See, flat earth fools don't give a damn about what NASA is talking about. They don't give a damn about what, you know, uh, uh, astrophysicists. What's the word?
4: Physicist.
6: There you go. Are talking about, uh, forget all the photographic evidence that we've seen. Never mind the sun and moon and other planets. We see that around the earth is flat, okay, according to them. Now, I'm not even going to sit here and say flat earthers are wrong. All I'm saying is based off all the evidence that we've seen that show us the earth is round, I'm going to need more than uh, Kyrie Irving, B.O.B., and YouTube videos telling me that the earth is flat in order to believe that, okay? One question for all you flat earth fools. What would be the reason for anyone to lie to us about the Earth being flat. Why? What would be the point? Would it make a difference? If you were living the way you were living right now, if the world was the same way as it is now, if you could just walk to Starbucks in the morning, to Chick-fil-A, or wherever you're going, would you care if it was flat around? Of course you wouldn't. It wouldn't matter. You wouldn't care. So why would big, bad NASA and every other space program in the world all collectively lie to us about the world being round? What would be the point? Anyway, Mad Mike Hughes is a Man who had a desire to prove that the planet is indeed shaped like a Frisbee. And he's made a lot of homemade rockets. In fact, he made so many homemade rockets that he was scheduled to debut later this year on Discovery, Inc.'s science channel in a TV show. Okay, In a statement last year, Discovery, Inc. described the forthcoming show that Mike would be on as a look at three self-financed teams with sky-high dreams and their cosmic quest to explore the final frontier on a shoestring budget. Mad Mike wanted to do things like raise money to launch himself to the border of space on a vehicle described as part rocket, part balloon. Mike wanted to reach 5,000 feet into the sky aboard a steam-powered rocket. Somebody has listened to Elton John's Rocket Man one too many times and read one too many Rocket Man and Rocket Girl comic books, okay? Take that and add to it the fact that he wanted to prove the Earth was shaped like a Frisbee and add into the fact that all you flat Earth fools who sit around arguing with folks about whether the Earth is flat or round know damn well it's just the weed making you feel this way. Put all that together and you all are responsible for what happened to Mad Mike Hughes. Would you like to hear what happened to Mad Mike Hughes? Yes. Let's go to W, K, no not W, 3 for the report, please.
1: A man skeptical that the world is round died after launching himself into the sky with a home-built rocket.
3: The moment of takeoff was caught on camera. We do have to warn you, the video is pretty hard to watch. The man here who went by Mad Mike Hughes set this up in the desert
6: Saturday afternoon. The 64-year-old was killed when the Mm. rocket plunged back to the ground. You can see a lot of people around this launch. They're filming, witnessing this. This is not the first time Hughes trying to determine if the earth is round by launching himself into the air. Back in 2018, Hughes propelled into the sky with a parachute in the Mojave Desert and injured his back that time. He's dead. He's dead. This is all you flat earth fools fault because nobody stopped him. All right, if he's making homemade rockets, for, for the sake of just making homemade rockets, fine. But if he's making homemade rockets to prove the Earth is flat, this is every single one of you flat Earth fools' fault. See, when you are part of a group, it's easier, you know, uh, you know to believe things. Being part of a group makes you feel a slightly better connection to things, okay? I promise you, Mad Mike would still be alive today if he had nobody else to believe in this foolishness with him, okay? Flat Earth is only a thing because y'all make it a thing. It's like people who think Tupac is still alive. Matter of fact, I take that back because there's more evidence that Tupac could be alive than it is the Earth is flat, all right? In fact, if you believe Pac is alive, I might can understand why, okay? I can understand why you feel that way. But the Earth being flat, no. You have no evidence to back that up. But your belief in a flat Earth is the reason Mad Mike Hughes is no longer with us. How many flat Earth is going to be at his funeral, huh? Huh? Please give all these flat Earth fools the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons.
5: Oh, now you are oh, the donkey. donkey.
1: Of the day, you yeah. are the donkey Of the day, he haw. Just shut up.
6: Just shut up. Shut up. Don't say it. Don't say nothing. Okay. I see you over there, your little fingers are just typing on that damn computer. Don't say nothing. Nope. What did he Google, Drum? I didn't Google. I know. Why you closing your laptop? What did you Google? I know you got. Just
0: don't say nothing. I'm not. Okay. All right. What happened? Nothing. Thank you for that donkey today, sir. Mm-hmm. Now, when we come back, yes. Charlamagne kicked it with Pete Davidson. Yes, my guy Pete Davidson from Saturday
6: Night Live. He's got a uh, special coming out on Netflix tomorrow called Alive in New York, and uh, he's got a movie coming out on Hulu next month called um, Big Time
0: Adolescence. All right, and he's got a lot of he's got a lot going on. Okay, you know. All right, we'll, we'll kick it with him when we come back. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. PDD! Yes, sir. I got to sit here and talk to you for an hour like I don't
6: talk to you often just to see all my Pete notes. Yeah. It's so crazy. You got a lot going
3: on, bro. Yeah, a little bit. How you feeling, first of all? I feel good. I feel like I'm in a good place right now. What does that mean? Um, I'm what, just, what does a good place mean for Pete Davidson? A good place. Uh, I'm just really looking forward to like uh, doing cool stuff with a lot of my friends. I have a lot of cool stuff coming out, and we're working on stuff. So it's just nice to be in a place where that's the focus, and not like uh, you know anything else. Why doesn't Pete do interviews? Uh, I don't. I don't think I'm very well perceived. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think my my language works well in print. So when it comes to print, it just looks like I say monstrous things and then I have to deal with, you know, my PR and my mother and then, like, all these other job stuff. So I try to stay away from it, but, like, you're the man. And, but it's not like, like you're an asshole. I, th- th- thank you. Yeah, that's the whole, that's, that's the issue. That's why it's so confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you read stuff about yourself and you'd be like, who is this guy? Yeah, I'm like, am I, like, after a while, you're like, I guess I am a d- I don't know. You know, so, like, I try and stay away from all that stuff, but, like... You know, I always have a good time. Now,
6: recently, especially over the past few years, you've had a lot of relationship drama. Yes. A lot. What do you you take away as a lesson in growth from all of that?
3: Oh, from uh, relationships? Just just relationships in general. We'll get into the individual relationships, but just relationships in general. I think uh, you grow a lot as a person. Uh, I've learned a lot from uh, the awesome chicks that I've been with, and they're all cool. So I think you just grow, you become a better version of yourself because like you learn a little something from everybody.
6: Since your private life is so publicized, has it been distracting from your career you think?
3: Oh yeah, I yeah. think people only know me from my which is a, <laughs> even my uncle. He's like, do you got anything coming out? Or you just, you just packing heat. It becomes very distracting, and like I've been very fortunate and lucky to date like some really wonderful, like beautiful, cool, talented women, and like with that comes that, unfortunately. So like I'm aware like that there's, sh- but I do think I, I get it a little harder than most. I would say with the following, but like, you know that comes with the territory
6: how much is it off how much of it is off limits though because i saw your new stand-up special on on netflix comes out tomorrow yes sir matter of fact yes sir. and you know miss ariana grande is some it's a punchline. yeah in, she has in, a couple and a few of the jokes yeah so, so what's off limits for you
3: um i think genuinely being hurtful is off limits or like anything like being or anything like i want to be cool with everybody Um, But, you know, stand-up's part of my life. That was a highly publicized thing. Mm I feel like she got her fair run and her fair stab at it. And uh, like I said, I don't have social media and I don't have uh, an outlet really to express my feelings. So, like, you know, stand-up's just how I do it. And I just have some jokes about it.
6: Yeah, they 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 were saying that uh, she might have been throwing some shade at you at the
3: Grammys. I'm sure she was. She's the queen of shade. Uh, Again, like all like I get it. That's her job. Like you know, she has to. That's her aura. She has like uh, music to it and stuff. I I get it. So like, I hope people feel the same way about my jokes. Listen, I'm glad you do it. And the reason I'm glad you do it is because a lot of people
6: recognize you as they'll say, oh, that's Ariana Grande's fiance. Right, first, and then Pete
3: Davidson. Number the one, comedian. first one, yeah, first and only. Still got that. Still got that for my family. I did that for America. You understand? It's for every every kid out there and every uncle. When well, they introduce you as that first? Oh, and then the sometimes worst. it's Pete Davidson, the comedian actor.
6: Second, you know what I'm saying? So. No, yeah, for sure. How did that impact your ego or the way you view
3: yourself? It, it hurts. It definitely hurts because you know I've, I've been doing this for like ten years. So like it it sucks for like a six month. Thing to just completely take over that, and then it's also just like, whoa, is he just getting this because of that, or that because of that? You know, not a lot of people know it knew anything until mm-hmm. I started dating her. So like, yeah, it's difficult, and like, it's definitely a little bit of a punch in the gut. You know, you definitely want someone to be like, hey, man, good work. Not like, hey, nice. We're <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> get <getting laughs> there. Like, you know, it's just, you know, did that help you get more? Probably. I mean, I, I assume. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what the the deal is. It's prob. I, don't, I hope it doesn't run out.
6: You had a good. You had a good b d- bro. You, know, you got like car factors. You got a good. D- Thank you. Yeah. I had
3: Nick Cannon as a mentor, so like, <laughs> I'm just following in his footsteps, which I've been told is the right. Yeah.
6: As far as girls, don't oh. follow in Nick's
3: footsteps when it comes to comedy. Of <laughs> Dude, Nick, Nick's game in, in Hollywood and with girls ever has, is oh, like, legendary. it's like, it's historic. You're getting up there, bro. Oh, well, thank like you. Like, your list is growing. Thank you. I'm not trying, by the way, I'm not, like, trying to make it grow. I just, like, I'm, you know. The thing is, is, like, it looks like I'm a whore, right? <laughs> but I've only been with those girls pretty much. Yeah. So it's like, I've only been with, like, five, six people. You know, like, if I was a girl, I'd be, like, a virgin. And they were relationships, right? And they were, like, th- at least three to six month, like, yeah, bids, yeah. I call them. So you wasn't just uh, getting it. ran through. Yeah, I'm not just like running through stuff, you know. <laughs> no, you're the whore in this
6: situation. I'm, so you're getting ran through.
3: Right, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, I'm the victim here. <laughs>
6: <laughs> they passing you
1: around? Yeah.
6: Because <laughs> they heard a bunch of d- Yeah, <laughs> probably. Now, now, you were quoted in uh, your paper magazine cover story interview saying that sometimes when you put so much on someone, it overwhelms them, and then they don't know if they could come close to that. Do you feel that you've had a hard time sharing all the parts of yourself in relationships? No, I share
3: too much. And I Mm. scare the people. uh, Cause I have like a lot of issues and stuff. And I I like to be very upfront about that. So there's no like surprises. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want you to be surprised. Like if I cut myself or like, if I like, uh, you know, have to go away to a rehab or like if I have to go to like certain therapy or something like that. Cause you know, it just like breaks the ice easier. and like. A month in, that's just like what the fuck? holy. Shit. But it's like yeah. I don't want to waste your fucking time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I think like I come across very like intense, and like I think that scares a lot of people away. So you have scared a lot of women away? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think all of them. I think they all are terrified. Yeah. Yeah. I think they they all love me, but they're all definitely like worried and. Shit which sucks.
0: All right, now keep a lock, We got more with Pete Davidson, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Uh, uh, morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, Charlamagne got a chance to kick it with Pete Davidson. That's right. He's got a Netflix special coming out tomorrow called Alive from New York.
6: Um, and, you know, we're just talking about everything. All from right. From his relationship with Ariana Grande to his, all his multiple relationships, period, and his mental health, a lot of stuff. All right, well, let's get into it. How was that when you was, when you was dating... Ariana and you know Mac passed away.
3: Yeah.
6: And she was like openly grieving yeah. Mac in a real way. Like, oh that's the love
3: of my life, my
6: soulmate. How, yeah.
3: how, how did that affect you? I totally got it. Uh, because we were only together for a few more. She'd even tell you this. Like, I was I I was like, listen, I was like, I get it, do whatever you gotta do, I'll be here. I literally said like I think I said I'll be here until like you don't want me to be here. Like I pretty much knew it was around over after that. That I was really horrible. And uh I can't imagine what that sh- like, like that is just terrible. Uh, all I do know is, is that she really loved the out of him, and she wasn't like, you know, putting on a show or anything. She, uh, that, that was up. And uh, I hope, you know, I'm to his family and uh, all of his friends. Still, it's still fucking everybody up. You know, when his music comes out and you see he makes great music, it's, it's, it's just awful.
6: Now, now you um, you mentioned rehab a little while
3: ago, and you confirmed that you went to rehab through a joke.
6: Right. Yeah. Is there anything that's off limits in comedy
3: when it comes to? No, thing? not at all. That's the that's one of the beauties of uh, comedy. It's like music too. You could just heal through pain and stuff. And like, it's really sad and depressing to go to rehab. But like, if you could get a little crackle or a little joke out of it, then like, it's it's less painful. You know what I mean? Like to stay there, maybe wasn't as bad. If that makes sense.
6: I don't think there's anything wrong with, with that, though. Like, if you know you need
3: some yeah. assistance
6: every now and then, what's the problem? I'll be
3: back. Like, I just go, like, I have to get my meds readjusted all the time because I have, like, bi- in between bipolar and borderline and, like, B- uh, PTSD and shit from my childhood. So, like... You know i have to go and get readjusted every once in a while so like i don't think going to rehab is that big of a deal i think it's like a really strong powerful thing and some of those beautiful cool people you ever meet are there well i think that's the misconception right some people think when you check into rehab it's always for drugs yeah but it's not always for drugs it's not always so. for drugs i mean am i do i do drugs absolutely but i'm not like f-ing falling over myself and all that sh-t. i just have like some people are sad some yeah, people yeah. gotta work and figure their stuff out and the beautiful thing about rehab is, like, it gets you sober so they can figure out what the problem is. Like, some people can smoke weed and drink when they get out. It's like, it's just you have to be sober for a certain amount of time so they can diagnose you properly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How do you know when it's time to, to go get help? Like, okay, I'm doing too much. Usually when I start, like, cutting or, like, when shit gets, like, just, when it just gets a little insurmountable or, like, people are like, hey. My friends will tell me now. We're at a point where, like, people will come over and be like, hey, you got a are all. And terrified so not pissed, but like we're all like worried so you should go. I got I got a good group around me where then they get what does cutting look like? I cut my chest. Uh that's so I that's why I started getting tats uh on my chest is to like cover them. Uh it's just like a release. It's just something that like uh it's if you can't get a tattoo or like if you can't it's never in like any like spot that's like uh, serious. It's just like it's whenever you're so manic and upset sometimes that's like the only thing that would work for me but now I like you go to rehab you learn like oh you could like take a cold shower you could work out you could listen to music really loud you could read this excerpt you could go on the calm app you can call a friend you Mm -hmm. can wait five minutes there's just you know so much you learn that is like eked into your brain if you get to do some of that stuff so like um you know that's how I've been taking care of it. Did the cutting bring any relief? Like what? oh yeah, it's awesome. Well, it's I mean you know no, to... awesome. no, it's not awesome. No, it's 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 not awesome. Yeah. But like the feeling of it after is just you're you feel really stupid after, but like as you're doing it, it feels really great. It's mm-hmm. like getting tatted. Okay, so you think that you're trying to match, I guess physical pain with
6: emotional? Yeah, things? when I'm
3: really angry and upset, it feels really good to just get like needled up or get get a tad or like you know like that. You think you've ever hit rock bottom? Oh yeah, I hit it all the time you don't well I can't tell you well my rock bottom is when like uh, people are scared of my life and I have to go away and then I have to bring myself back up again so like I think I've hit it a few times and uh, you know as long as you're around good supportive people you should be able to you know And then if you're strong enough, you'll be able to get out of it. What does that look like to you, though? What does rock bottom look like to Pete Davidson? It's usually like I'm doing a little too much shrooms and a little too much acid and just, like, having a little too much fun and uh, not sleeping, not taking good care of myself. Um, And then when you don't sleep and you have a mental illness and you're doing all this, it's just like, it's just, I think, what the lady, she called it rocket fuel. Uh, And and you're taking your meds and all this mix of all this. You you just go a little nuts. And I was on Accutane for a little bit, trying that and that made me nuts. So it was just, uh, it's very manic and and, and very sleepless. What is Accutane? Accutane is supposed to, like, if you take it for, like, six months, it gets rid of acne permanently forever. But it makes you nuts for, like, six months. And when you mix nuts with nuts, I thought it would cancel each other out. It didn't. It just multiplied it. Uh, and I got a little wild. Were you ever suicidal? Yeah, all the time. But I can't because I got a mom and a sister and, like, a family. So, like, I've always been suicidal, but I've never had, like, the balls, you know, um, which I'm very uh, lucky. Like, what? Well, for the first time, maybe, like, when I went away this time, I felt like I had maybe almost the balls because it's starting to get, like, you know, when you're not feeling good and you're going through all this stuff and there's, like, people at your house in Staten Island, it just, like, really drives you but like, yeah, but like, they're not, they're not as like constant as it used to be. Does your work not make you feel better? It's the only thing. Yeah. I love it. I love writing, I love hanging with my friends. They're all really funny and cool and stand up. And yeah, it's the, it's the ultimate distraction. What advice does Sandler give you? Because you've got a very Sandler vibe about you. Oh, thank you. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said. I, uh, <laughs> really, that's my, it's my dream guy. <clears throat> no, he's always just like, you know, keep, he's, he's been through it all already. You know, mm-hmm. so he's just like, keep your head up. You know, it's, uh, this, he just tells me how to navigate through, like, you know, these these ba- the bastards that are trying to bring you down. Do you have conversations with him about when it's time to leave SNL? Yeah, I have conversations with a lot of people. It's a it's a hard thing to do because you don't want to ever pull the trigger too early. But everybody's always been like, "You'll know when you know, and it'll all be all right." So, do you know? Yeah, I like I. Per- Here's the thing: is like I personally think I should be done with that show because they make fun of me on it. Like That's the point, it's a comedy sketch show. No, but like I get it. But like I'm like cold open like political punchlines. like i'm like we can update jokes like God. not like hot loud. not like when, like when i'm not there like they'll be like huh but pizza f- jerk face and you're yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. whose side are you on you know it's it. like a weird i have a weird fe- feeling in that building where i don't know whose team they're playing for really if i'm the joke or i'm in on the joke so like since I, I really wanted last year to be my uh, last year, but, um, you know, I'm still around and uh, trying, to, trying to knock it away. So. so it doesn't feel like a family environment at SNL? I mean, like, Lauren's the and he's, like, the best and has treated me with nothing but love, and he's like a father figure to me. But, you know, as far as, like, everyone else, it's like, you know, it's a cutthroat show. Every, everyone's trying to get their s*** on. Everyone wants to be the next thing you know so it's not like a loving care like you're not gonna get coddled over there you know they don't they don't give a at the end of the day you think it's because you get more attention
6: than a lot of other cast members
3: no i honestly think they're just wrapped up in their own i honestly it's just like okay who's hosting this week i gotta get my duck sketch on like i gotta do it this week (laughs) you know what i mean it's just like it's just like we we have so little time and you know the fear of getting fired there your first three years is horrible. You're just like, every day I'm getting fired. So there's just everybody's just trying to pound their work on there. And, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Did you feel that way? You felt like you were going to be fired? yeah. Every day. I was like, this is the day. This is it. And I just, it just never came. It's scary to work over there. I mean, you're going to be another SNL success story, though, at the end of the day. You got, I
6: hope so. You got nice. Big Time Adolescence. You got the Netflix special. You got King of Staten Island. Don't you mean, like, mm-hmm. Suicide Squad or something? Yes, sir. And I just saw you got captive in the rookie.
3: Yes. So how many other stuff, you, other projects you got coming up? I think I'm shooting like uh, maybe a flick or two over the summer. So we're just, uh, we're all just writing and getting getting together. It's time to leave SNLP. Yeah.
6: <laughs> it's over. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I just over, don't want to
3: sound like that. Like, but I'm just being honest. Like, yeah, I just feel like there's a time and a place. And like, I just also really enjoy writing movies. It's like a lot of, it's a lot of fun to like sit in a writer's room and you know, create like that. All
0: right, well, shout to to uh, Pete Davidson
6: for joining us today. So, my guy, Pete Davidson. Let me tell you something, man. Pete got a lot going on. Uh, his Netflix special, Alive in New York, drops tomorrow. He's mm-hmm. got the movie Big Time Adolescence coming out next month. Uh, he's got another movie with Judd Apatow called King of Staten Island. He's going to be in Suicide Squad 2. But, you know, more importantly, I just think him telling this story about, you know, his struggles with his mental health issues, that is what's really going to save and help a lot of people, man. So I'm rooting for the young man, Pete Davidson. And, and the full interview is up on up on my
0: YouTube page right now. Matter of fact. Okay. So go check it out. All right, we'll keep it locked when we come back. We got rumors on the way. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ N V Angela Yee. Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Dwayne Wade.
5: This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. <laughs>
4: Well, Dwayne Wade, he had his jersey retirement at American Airlines Arena and he was in Miami doing three days of celebrating starting Friday where he had an intimate celebration for 90 close friends and mm-hmm. family. And he also did a special performance of his new single with Rick Ross, season ticket holder. In addition, his documentary came out yesterday on ESPN. Did you guys have a chance to watch? No, no I have not seen see it. it. All right. Well, he gets uh, very real about a lot of things. He talks about his divorce and also being with his first wife since he was 16 years old and how he knew things weren't going to work out, uh, getting together with Gabrielle Union and then having issues because they took a break. Due to their demanding careers, that's when he actually fathered a child with another woman. Uh, he, He discusses his family life a lot and, you know, growing up with not much. And he said he had barely been to the dentist when he was drafted in 2003. And he had 13 cavities when he went to the dentist for the first time in years. Wow. Yeah, so a lot going on. He talks about getting uh, his wife getting pregnant, his ex-wife getting pregnant with their first child, and he was being he was a sophomore in college at the time. So, uh, pretty good documentary on ESPN.
6: Why he got all that money and had all them cavities? Well, he didn't have money. He he, said before he, he got to the league. before he got to the league. Oh, he he the league. oh okay. Well, you supposed to have a young mob till you get some money. That's cool.
4: <laughs> All right. Now let's talk about Steven Spielberg. Apparently, his daughter announced to the world that she is becoming a porn star. She's been making solo sex videos that she posted on Pornhub. Oh, and my now she's working gracious. to get licensed to become an exotic dancer in Nashville. She is a self-proclaimed oh. sexual creature and said she got really tired of not being able to capitalize on my body. She also has an OnlyFans account as well, so you can see her on there. You can pay $15 a month just to watch her. And despite all of this, according to Michaela, she says that her parents, Steven Spielberg, and uh, his wife of 29 years, Kate Capshaw, are not upset, and they're even intrigued by her life choices.
5: That's
6: a horror movie. Steven Spielberg, (laughs) I've never known Steven Spielberg to be in the horror, but Jesus
0: Christ, your daughter becoming a porn star? My God. I want to know, you know, why she go that way? Like as a father, did do, do, do they consider that he she did something wrong? Like why would his daughter go in the porn?
4: Well, she's only doing self one, so it's just her. So she's not doing porn I don't, care, it's porn self, I don't care if it's, it
0: doesn't matter. It doesn't. I don't want to see no porn. My daughter porn and my daughter. I don't even want in the same sentence.
4: And she is engaged. Her fiance Chuck Pankow is a darts player, and he's fifty years old. He's more than twice her age.
0: Oh, uh, is it a darts player? Is that a sport?
4: I guess so. But she also told the son she struggled with alcoholism. And she said as recently as two years ago, she was drinking every day and even came close to dying from it. And as a child, she said she was groomed and abused by predators who were not in her family or their circle of friends. So she said, uh, You know, she was bullied for her weight. She was bullied for her famous last name. She struggled with bipolar disorder and anxiety. She went to a boarding school for troubled teens, and she said that didn't help. I came out of there with more anxiety and more attachment issues, more depression, and more hatred from my body. Mm. All right, Erica Badu in the meantime, let's talk about her daughter, Puma. Her daughter is a singer, and they actually did a duet for a Texas TV show over the weekend. Check this out.
1: I heard a whisper in the breeze mm-hmm. Long before I took the time to stop and, and to listen turn. Oh, the feeling that came
4: over me Slowly, shook, sweet Never, never leave Yeah, so that'd be really dope. You know, she's um, D.O.C.'s daughter and Erica Badu's daughter, Puma. Okay. All right, Eminem has a, uh, he's on a skit on Royce to Five Nines' new album. It's called Perspective Skit, and he talks about hip-hop's impact on our society, and he also talks about how hip-hop has brought so many different people together. Here's what he says. If
0: I'm a black kid up in, let's say, the 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever, right? And I'm looking on TV and nobody looks like me and it's very stereotypical and I'm looking at f- toys and, the, and everything is white. The f- action figures are all white. I don't know how I grow up and not have a chip on my shoulder. Royce album is very
6: dope, by the way. I, heard it, I didn't get I, a chance to listen to I, it. He'll I,
4: be up here this week.
6: I love the record uh, Black Savage mm-hmm. with um, Bernie, Benny the Butcher. I love the record. Uh, I think it's called Upside... No, Upside Down is with Benny the Butcher. Black Savage is with T.I. And um, some other people with T.I. Snapped on it. Yeah, Benny snapped on it, too. I mean, that, I mean Royce, is, Royce is just different, man. That, that's age-appropriate hip-hop. I'm, I'm 41 years old. I like listening to rappers in their 40s. I know what the hell they're talking about. Okay? That's what I like. This All right, and Justice Muller
4: is in court today. Just so you know, he'll be in court on renewed felony charges for allegedly staging a hate crime. Mm-hmm. He was indicted for a second time February 11th on six counts of felony disorderly conduct after they decide to reinvestigate the case if it was in the uh, in the interest of justice to bring renewed charges against him. So he will be arraigned today at 9.30 a.m. And also today is Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant's. Uh, they're going to be having the memorial for them today. They'll be honoring the lives of Kobe. Mm -hmm. His 13-year-old daughter, uh, Gianna, as well. That memorial will be held at 10 a.m. And that's 1 p.m. Eastern at the Staples Center. The date is, of course, very significant for the family. And uh, that's the 24 and the number 2. So, 224. The event will stream live via NBC News Now on NBCNews.com and on the NBC News mobile app. And they'll also be live blogging the memorial, providing real-time analysis and context. If you had wanted to get tickets, obviously it was a high demand, and there were three tiers of ticket prices, $224 for each ticket, Then there was $224 for two and $24 and two cents for some tickets as well. And the limit for purchasing tickets was two tickets per person. The proceeds will go to the Mamba and Mambasita Sports Foundation. That organization exists to further Kobe and Gianna Bryant's legacy through charitable endeavors in sports. So that is today. All right. I'm Angela Yee and that is your rumor report.
0: All right. Thank you, Missy. You know. Every time they do a tribute, I still tear up and cry, man. It's not easy. As you should. That ain't going to never go away. My goodness. All right. Well, up next is the People's Choice Mix. Get your request in right now at DJ Envy. Let me know what you want to hear. Revolt. We'll see you guys tomorrow. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey, everybody. It's DJ Envy. Angela Yee. Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's Black History Month and who we honoring today.
6: You know, today, man, I want to celebrate Malcolm X. You know, on February 21st, 1965, Malcolm X was assassinated. Uh, The 21st was this past weekend. And I just want to celebrate the life of Malcolm X right now by, you know, uh, playing back. This is a snippet of of one of his great, great statements. When Malcolm X talked about uh, the white man putting that knife in our back. Let's listen to it.
4: The Breakfast Club presents a new Black History Month legend.
5: You feel, however, that uh, that we're making progress in in this country? No no, 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 uh, no. I will never say that progress is being made. If you stick a knife in my back nine inches and pull it out six inches, there's no progress. Mm-hmm. You pull it all the way out. That's not progress. The progress is healing the wound that's the blow that the uh, blow made. And they haven't even begun to pull a knife out, much less try and pull, uh, heal the wound. You have, you have? They won't even admit the knife is there.
4: And that was another New Black History Month legend, courtesy of The Breakfast Club.
6: Yes, sir. Long mm-hmm. live Malcolm X, and please, if you haven't watched
0: the special on Netflix, "Who Killed Malcolm X," do yourself a favor and do it, please. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, when we come back, we got the positive note. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, um, shout again to everybody. Of course, Yee and I went out to the NAACP Image Awards. Thank you to Revolt. Thank you to everybody I ran into at the awards. Uh I had an amazing time, great time. Brought my wife. My mom was super duper happy and proud. My pops was as well. They were watching. They see me on the pre-show. So they were excited. My whole family was. So thank you guys.
4: Yes, we had a great time and I had a chance to hang out with Lynn Whitfield, who won for Greenleaf. Mm-hmm. And that show actually also did win an NAACP Image Award as well. And yeah, I mean, listen, I can't wait to go back to the NAACP Image Awards again next year. It was a, definitely a room of black excellence.
6: Yeah, I wish I could have been there, but I was at my daughter's cheerleading competition all weekend in the beautiful... Uh, town of Wildwood, New Jersey. Nice. <laughs> Nothing like Wildwood, New Jersey Woo-hoo! in the middle of February, baby. <laughs> All right, nice little two-star hotel action mm-hmm, for mm-hmm, a couple of days, mm-hmm. you know? Very, very uh, humbling experience. <laughs> I ain't stayed in a two- two-star hotel in a long, long time. And I'm going to tell you something. What's that? I can see why people stay in five stars. I can totally see why <laughs> you give money can for five stars. You can understand that. <laughs> right. No room service. No, nah, mm. I totally understand it, buddy. You know, when, you, when you're when you young, you do what you have to do. Uh, when you get older and, you know, you grow in life and, you know, you, you're a little, little bit financially better, you do what you want
0: to do. There you go. And don't nobody want to stay in no two-star hotel if they don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. And That's a fact. All right. Well, uh, and also, uh, shout out to everybody that came out to my seminar out in Vegas. We did a a seminar in Vegas this weekend. Uh, a great turnout. Shout out to everybody that came out ready to learn. Shout out to the credit repair guy, Jose. Shout out to Matt, the mortgage guy. Uh, shout out to everybody that came. We had a wonderful time explaining and teaching people about real estate and how to get in the real estate game. We got a bunch of seminars coming up. Uh, I know Miami, Toronto, uh, Charlotte, Atlanta, uh, and Jersey. So... All right, you got a positive note, Charlamagne?
6: Yeah, since we uh, talking about Malcolm X, man You know, we, we celebrated Malcolm X a little while ago Why not end the show on a Malcolm X quote? It's simple, but very profound The future belongs to those who prepare for it today Breakfast club, bitches! You y'all finished or y'all done?